This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It was a bombshell after assuring us that he had paid all of his family's expenses on trips with the Weed Charity. Finance Minister Bill Morneau admitted that he forgot about $41,000 and wrote a check to cover it just before his testimony yesterday. Now, this is the guy who oversees the nation's finances, though clearly for him, $41,000 is an insignificant amount. Now, he's apologized. The ethics commissioner is investigating, and on that front, he could get, what, some three-figure fines, 500 bucks, I think. But the political damage is more severe. The opposition is calling for his resignation, and the there is plenty of speculation that this could, in fact, end his career. It is his second ethics investigation. Uh, but uh, not sure about the damage for the prime minister, who has agreed to appear before the fi- the finance committee. Uh, now the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Joining me now, two conservative parliamentarians who serve on the relevant committees, conservative ethics critic Michael Barrett, who is the MP for Leeds, Granville, Thousand Islands and Rideau Lakes, and conservative MP Michael Cooper, who is the deputy shadow minister for finance and a member of the finance committee. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon, Libby. Good afternoon. Okay, well, let us begin with... uh, um, with Michael Cooper, and uh, how does it look today? How much trouble is Mr. Morneau in? Well, Mr. Morneau should be in quite a bit of trouble because, uh, based upon his testimony yesterday, he admitted to breaching multiple sections of the Conflict of Interest Act. Uh, going into yesterday's uh, hearing, we knew that uh, the finance minister had effectively admitted to breaching uh, section six, 6 and Section 21 of the Conflict of Interest Act in terms of uh, not recusing himself and actively participating in the awarding of $1 billion of taxpayers' uh, dollars to the WE organization, uh, an organization that uh, had one of his daughters on their payroll and uh, another who had engaged at a speaking event and uh, whose book was promoted by WE. Uh, but then we learned, shockingly, that uh, Bill Morneau had uh, gone on vacations paid for by the Wee Foundation to exotic locations like Kenya and Ecuador, he and his family, and that just by coincidence, he uh, happened to forget all about it, didn't even know anything about the $41,000 until uh, he appeared before the Finance Committee. And uh, that's problematic because... Uh, the, the Conflict of Interest Act is very clear uh, that members uh, shall not accept uh, any gift or other advantage that might be seen to influence uh, their public office uh, in terms of the exercise of their power. 
And uh, even if, for whatever reason, this passes muster, which I almost certainly think it does not, uh, Morneau contravenes Section 23 of the Conflicts of Interest Act, which requires that any gift or advantage be uh, exceeding $200 uh, be disclosed. Obviously, no disclosure uh, took place. So what we have is, with certainty, a finance minister who contravened uh, at least Section 23 of the Conflict of Interest Act, probably uh, other sections. And for him, this would be the second time that uh, he contravened the Conflict of Interest Act uh, because uh, he is the same minister who failed to disclose his luxurious French uh, villa. And so in that regard, uh, Morneau is a repeat offender. And it's why uh, we have, I have called on him, and we as the official opposition have called on him to resign. He's lost the moral authority to continue as finance minister. Michael Barrett, uh, do you think that there's a serious chance that he may be forced to resign because of this? And uh, you've called for widening the investigation. What else do you need to find out? Look, that summary by uh, by my colleague, Mr. Cooper, it's it's shocking to hear. I mean, uh, I mean, I sit on the ethics committee. Uh, we we have uh, commenced um, a study on this, passing a motion yesterday to call the prime minister and for the production of uh, further documents and calling more witnesses. And it, and it it truly is shocking to hear it uh, every time. Do I think that um, that he will be you know forced to step down? I would hope that a member of cabinet. Uh, a member of the Queen's Privy Council, a public office holder in Canada, would would have the uh, would have the good sense and would and would respect Canadians enough that when they are uh, a a repeat offender when it comes to uh, breaking these ethics laws, that they would say, you know what? Obviously, uh, my judgment isn't sufficient to hold this role, and and therefore, you know, I, I must resign. That would be the minimum expectation you know if you uh, if you look back a few years ago it was a uh it was a 16 dollar glass of orange juice that caused a tory minister to resign well how many glasses of orange juice can you buy for forty one thousand dollars that's that's a a pretty good question and this isn't the first time the finance minister has found himself in this position uh based on the fact that justin trudeau has twice been found guilty of breaking this law and that he's being investigated now uh, again, uh, it's it's unlikely that he will show the good judgment to fire his finance minister, but uh, it's never too late to do the right thing. Uh, Michael Cooper, what do you think is worse, um, the fact that he, he broke contra- conflict of interest law, or let's not say the fact, it's still under investigation, but it would appear that he's broken the conflict of interest law, or that he's shown that he is so far removed from the reality of most people that that for him forty one thousand dollars is uh, is a sum that could be forgotten or it lost in an oversight or anything like that. Well, I, I think that that suggestion is just not credible. How could he have not known about the fact that? Uh, there were expenses for travel, for food and accommodation. He's food a multimillionaire, but many times over. I mean, I, I, I don't know how he organizes it. He probably has somebody deal with that. I don't know. Well, it was interesting because a question was put to him at committee yesterday, namely, had he read the Conflict of Interest Act at any time? And he struggled with that. I would suggest uh, that he 
should take a, a refresher on the Conflict of Interest Act, and I would have thought he would have after he got caught breaching the act for the first time. Uh, another interesting aspect to all of this is while uh, Morneau says it was all a misunderstanding, he made a mistake, uh, we, Charity, contradicted the minister. Uh, their statement that they issued yesterday uh, stated that the, their trip had been complimentary all along. And the purpose of the trip, they said, and they said it more broadly in terms of the trips that they provide on a complimentary basis, is to uh, uh, connect with major funders and possible future funders. In other words, we uh, wanted something in return, and uh, they got paid handsomely. They got paid handsomely uh, in the way of millions of dollars in grants that were handed out, uh, just at the time that Morneau was uh, increasing his connection to we traveling with we, and then of course this uh, outrageous uh, one billion dollar uh, arrangement for the we organization to administer the Canada uh, S- uh, Student Service Grant, uh, a-, a program that the organization had no capability of administering or any experience in. Uh, administering. Indeed, the only plausible explanation uh, is that uh, they were paid off uh, for uh, the uh, trips for uh, the benefits that they've afforded both the Prime Minister and the Minister of Finance and their families. They they also got $100,000 in donations from the Morneau family. Um, I mean, that is something that charities do. Yeah, well, when you look at all of the different pieces, all of the uh, connections and links that Morneau had, that his family had to we, uh, it should have been painstakingly clear to him that he should have been nowhere near uh, being part of the discussion or the decision-making process uh, around awarding we uh, a $1 billion program. And the fact that the minister didn't see it that way or didn't care, or just disregarded uh, ethics laws, uh, not to mention the code of conduct for ministers, uh, demonstrates that uh, he doesn't have the authority or judgment to continue to serve as the top minister after the prime minister in terms of being the the minister of finance, which is a a huge portfolio and a huge responsibility. Michael Barrett, uh your party is calling for a second Morneau ethics probe. Uh, what are you looking for in that? The the letter that we've written to the uh, ethics commissioner is a further examination of the revelations that have come forward. I mean, uh, it's not just one section of the act that uh, that has has come to light that Mister Morneau has uh, has almost certainly uh, broken. Uh, it's five. And it's five sections. And if he if he hasn't, uh, as Mr. Cooper uh, recounted from testimony yesterday from Mr. Morneau, if if he hasn't read the act, just reading the decisions of finding a guilt of findings of guilt against him, he will uh, soon be through the whole thing. Uh, and so it's 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 absolutely incredible that um, here we have the the finance minister who who already was found guilty of failing to disclose that. That corporation that that uh, he owned and the uh, French uh, villa, the villa in France that he had, and and here he is again uh, accepting uh, an illegal gift. And so, um, and and I just want to touch quickly on your question 
to uh, to Mr. Cooper, you know, uh, you know, this is something that charities do. Well, this is absolutely something that politicians are not allowed to do, and the minister has admitted that he did it. And so, along with that admission, should should almost certainly, almost certainly come a resignation. And the only room there where where that wouldn't happen is if his boss didn't give him a chance and if the prime minister fired him. So this new ethics investigation will give the, uh, you know, the independent ethics commissioner the opportunity to, uh, to collect the relevant documents, interview witnesses, and, and make a ruling. But as we know, the penalties uh, aren't, uh, aren't, they don't. What exactly are the penalties uh, beyond the yeah, the, the, the penalties, uh, you know, when we when we look at the uh, last penalty that the finance minister got, I think it was uh, uh, $200. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's completely insufficient. And, and in the 2019 election, um, Canada's Conservatives called for penalties up to $20,000. And I think that that's uh, much more in the range that we should be looking at. And certainly when we have a repeat offender uh, like the finance minister, like the prime minister, it's time that uh, that Canada's parliament looks at um, at, at taking steps more serious than that. Michael Cooper, it's unusual for a prime minister to agree to appear before the finance committee. And obviously he's trying to uh, put a lid on this thing. What are you hoping to find out from him? Well, he has a lot to answer for, uh, including uh, his failure to recuse himself, uh, his failure to be honest with Canadians about this arrangement about his connections with we, about his family's uh, enrichment from we, uh, more than uh, $300,000. And, and there's, uh, I mean, this entire uh, thing, this entire arrangement just stinks. None of it makes sense uh, in terms of why we was awarded uh, this major, major program to administer, at that, uh, of which $43.5 million would go directly into the coffers of we. Uh, for their benefit. And uh, so uh, we will ask many questions of the Prime Minister, and what we will insist upon uh, him doing when he does come to Finance Committee is to take an oath that uh, he tell the, 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 whole, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And uh, we'll go from there. In terms of uh, politically, right, um Nobody wants to bring down the government now, least of all your party. You don't have a leader. So, Michael Barrett, what are you hoping to gain from all of this from a political point of view? Well, transparency for Canadians. You know, it's it's essential that uh, Canadians are able to get the full story and that they can continue uh, or or have a, a renewed confidence in their public institutions. It's it's uh, it's critical in our system that people uh, that the Canadians trust that. Um, right is being done, and that the rule of law is being followed by uh, the the occupant of the prime minister's office, regardless of party. And uh, they're only they're only temporarily there, whoever the prime minister is, and a placeholder, if you will. And uh, and Canadians have to have confidence if they believe that they have a finance minister and a prime minister who 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 act and believe that they are above the law. That there's one set of rules for. The governing class and another set for those that they govern. Um, we are we we will no longer hold the distinction of being uh, an envy of of other countries around the world and and, and no longer have the strength and democracy that we uh, that we currently enjoy. And so we need to uh, we need to protect that and uh, and the uh, the exposition the um, 
examination that's going to happen going forward is uh, it's absolutely critical to make sure that Canadians are able to make an informed choice um, whenever the time comes for them to uh, to elect a government. Okay, uh, well, this story is not going away, and I'm sure we will be following up on it very, very soon. Thank you so much, conservative ethics critic Michael Barrett, and a conservative deputy shadow minister and a member of the Finance Committee, Michael Cooper. Thanks so much. Thanks, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. All right, uh, let me give the numbers out again. I know this is a subject that people want to talk about. We've just been talking to two conservatives, respectively, on the ethics and the finance committee. This thing just keeps getting bigger. Yesterday, we found out that Bill Morneau, the finance minister, wrote a check to cover some of his expenses just about a couple of hours before appearing before uh, the finance committee. Uh, right now, uh, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And I'm going to bring in Ashton Arsenault, who is senior consultant at Crestview Strategies and Kim Wright, principal of Wright Strategies. Hello there. Long time no talk. Indeed. Hi. So let's start with Ashton. How bad is this for Morno? It's bad. It's one of those scenarios where, you know, you you have the brain trust uh, within the prime minister's office and and now very much within the finance minister's office in in full on hunker down mode. And, you know, in in one respect, it's a bit of a shame because obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic and, uh, you know, there has been uh, some fairly significant spending. And I think uh, rightly justified by government to get Canadians back on their feet. And the reality is when a, when a scandal of this nature grips the government, everything comes to a grinding halt. And after yesterday, uh, if, if the Liberal government had hoped uh, that the finance minister appearing would have cooled things down a little bit, it had unfortunately the exact opposite effect. And, and now, uh, as we've, well, uh, based on your two previous guests, uh, we've got dual parliamentary committees that are going to examine this closer We've got a prime minister that may or may not appear before committee on two occasions. He's already uh, committed to doing it the once now as chief of staff. And having been on, uh, you know, the political side of things previously in my career, uh, when something consumes government uh, in this nature, it, it, it's just an unfortunate consequence that nothing gets done. Uh, so to answer your question bluntly, how serious is it? Very. Okay. Uh, Kim, uh, now one of the things I want to point out, they were talking about how, uh, uh, there was a contradiction from the We Charity that the trips are complimentary. I mean, just to be devil's advocate, uh, because I am familiar with the way things work in some charities and nonprofits, uh, they go after what they call a major donor and the McCain Mornos certainly qualify as that. And they offer these free trips, but it's not completely unheard of that somebody says, yes, I'll go on your trip, but I need to pay all my expenses. Uh, the fact that he didn't and lost track of it, you know, to me, among other things, says, you know, uh, this guy is lives in another world, but he's, um, you know, a multimillionaire. Uh, he's, he certainly is. And there's no question about uh, the Morneau McCain family and, and their wealth. And but but beyond that, uh, I think what you saw is a lot of damage control and public relations contradictions. So uh, the finance minister reached out to we to see whether or not 
what was the understanding? Then he wrote a check. Well, maybe he felt that uh, he forgot to pay that later before. But look, there's all sorts of ways this is being spun. There is not a consistent message. Both we and the government are in serious damage control. There are conflict of interest guidelines uh, that are very clear. Uh, and whether or not, uh, you know, this was a this was a simple situation of, oops, I didn't know whether or not uh, this this free trip was uh, free or not. Uh, there's the wider conflict of interest potential uh, for Minister Morneau around uh, his daughters uh, working at, at WE. Where does all of this go? There are some very clear and definitive rules around conflicts of interest. They're in place for a reason, uh, not, uh, not the least of which to make sure that uh, procurement matters and contract negotiations are are done on a, at a level basis and that frankly uh, Canadians can have some sense of uh, certainty when it comes from decision making that they are they are made in the best possible light not uh, because of some previous you know interaction so there's a lot to still unpack on this it will be very interesting uh, what the Prime Minister is prepared to uh, present uh, to the, to the committee. Is he prepared to uh, open up the cabinet uh, secrets? Uh, certainly, the, there is a reluctance to that, certainly when they were dealing with SNC uh, a year or so ago. And uh, how forthright does he want to be with Canadians? Obviously, they want to get the channel back on COVID and COVID recovery. Uh, but And this is consuming far too much of their agenda. Ashton, um, I mean, it's it's not my job to psychoanalyze uh, Bill Morneau, but my impression is that uh, he's kind of thinking, like, how could anybody possibly think that I would hope to benefit personally? And, you know, the guy doesn't need any more money. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it, Libby, it's one of those things. It, it's so painfully out of touch. You could laugh about it if it were not for a clear case of breaking the law here. Um, we all understand that Minister Morneau is a wealthy man, and, and look, that's fantastic. Um, but for him to claim that he didn't know about $41,000 worth of expenses covered by an organization he's you know traveled with, that he's donated to, that his daughter works for... Uh, simply isn't believable. Um, Canadians cannot be expected to take the finance minister at his word on this one, and that's why uh, I feel like this situation is uniquely justifiable to call for uh, a resignation, which obviously the Conservative Party of Canada has. Uh, you know, I, I I actually believe that he may have lost track of the 41K, and that just makes me worried about his day job. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And again, I'm, I'm certainly not going to challenge somebody for accumulating wealth in their lifetime. That's certainly within their right to do so, and I congratulate him on that. But unfortunately, it doesn't mean you don't get to follow the rules like the rest of us. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, Kim, do you think he's going to end up having to go? Uh, probably not, given the times that we're in, although this continues to get more and more murky for him. But to your point, Libby, about whether or not this is just a really rich guy who lost track of some receipts like he did his, his villa, um, 
you know, good for him, sure, but it also explains why there hasn't been the urgency to make sure that the uh, CERB funding has made sure it was keeping pace with the needs, especially with our with Canadians with disabilities, uh, and and why there hasn't been a real uh, impetus to to make sure that Canadians are taken care of in a meaningful well way, and the way they wrote uh, the uh, commercial rent agree- relief agreement. Uh, that favor landlords and have left a number of businesses, especially in our restaurant industry, but also small uh, entrepreneur mom and pop shops uh, left hung out to dry. So I think they do need to recalibrate their message. I think they need to, especially uh, going into the remainder of the fall, what is it that this government would like to accomplish? What is actually on their work plan? Uh, because the, the, the time for continued, uh, dithering on some of these things is, is well past and Canadians, uh, need more than photo ops and learning opportunities. Okay. Let's take a couple of quick calls. We've got Brian in Toronto. Hi, Brian. Oh, thanks uh, for taking my call, Libby. I'll be short and sweet. Uh, you heard the conservative members saying when you asked them, you know, what is it that you want? Um, and basically, you know, he replied with other things that, um, you know, we want better transparency. The problem is this, Libby. Um, we've been having these problems on both sides with the conservatives who ruled um, um, in, in earlier years and with the liberals most recent. And the real problem is here is that the transparency um, rules and regs and laws aren't firm enough. And, and this is why it keeps coming back again. You know, Marneau um, uh, made some boo-boos in the past and he was fined $200, honestly. So, you know, they're calling for something, but really it's not set up in our system. And that's the problem. Maybe companies need to be held accountable as well on both ends, the politicians or the government. And I think also the companies that are making these offerings. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Jim and Pickering, uh, quick comment, please. Hi, uh, good afternoon, Libby. You know what? Why don't we uh, get the CRA to look into their books, right? So if you check the uh, Me Foundation and they paid Margaret Trudeau those hundreds of thousands of dollars and the, and the rest of the family and Bill Morneau and his daughter, you know something? If they forgot to, uh, about a chateau and they forgot about the 41000 maybe they forgot to put it in their income tax. And you know how they got Al Capone? Not on racketeering, on tax evasion, and then he died of syphilis in prison. I'm sure their books are being combed over by a lot of people at the moment. Thanks, Jim, for hope- your call. Uh, before we let Kim and Ashton go, so Ashton, what do you expect from Trudeau's appearance and finance and what's it going to accomplish? Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. If I'm on the opposition side and I'm around that committee table, this, I cannot stress enough, is the Super Bowl. Uh, You've been training (laughs) through sort of mundane meetings to prepare yourself for an occasion this grand. Um, So my assumption is there will be a lot of preparation that goes into it uh, on both sides, frankly. And then you have the prime minister who uh, it's very unusual for a prime minister to show up uh, to a committee. I believe the last time it happened was a Senate committee in 2006 where uh, at the time, Prime Minister Harper was uh, doing his best to promote um, Senate reform. Uh, but you can assure, you can be assured that the Prime Minister will be preparing for this like he would, almost like an, an election debate. Uh, there will be things that he will want to say. There will be things that his team will tell him that he absolutely cannot say. 
Um, so I would expect some very measured commentary from the prime minister when he's sitting around that table. And Kim? Uh, yeah, they're certainly going to prep uh, both the prime minister as well as uh, Katie Telford, uh, making sure that they don't have some of the repeat of when uh, Gerald Butts was in front of the SNC committee. They want to make sure they're coming out of this as clean as possible. They are preparing this, uh, frankly, more so than they would a, a leader's debate. Uh, this will be a defining moment for the for the certainly for the next several months. Uh, and every political strategist and hack worth their salt is also figuring out how to prepare, you know, ad campaigns and responses accordingly. So uh, this is this is a this is a pivotal moment for this term of office and in a minority government. And uh, and they they need to come out of this. Well, they can't come out of this smug. They can't OG this or teachable moment. This they they need to have answers because that's what Canadians are demanding. Okay. And Kim, I'll ask you as well, just before we go, will Morneau survive this? I think he will. I think he will be damaged, uh, but he will, he will survive this. Uh, but it will be a, but it will continue to be something that hangs over the, over the head of this government. Okay. Thank you both so much. And uh, again, uh, we're going to be talking about this for a while. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.